We want to continue today, and I want to, I want to start with a prayer. We're going to continue today in our three-part series on relationships. And I'm really, really excited about this message. Although short, I think it's really going to pack a punch today. And I hope that it will speak to some of your hearts. Um, can we give the worship team a round of applause as well? Derek and the entire worship team. You know, as we, a lot of times as we prepare our messages, I'll just give uh, Derek and the worship team just kind of the theme, the outline, and I just love how they find the right words to lead us into worship and into the word. So thank you guys so much for that again today. Um, let us pray. Father, we thank you today, Lord, as you bring us into your inner chamber. We thank you for clothing us, Lord in your glory and in your righteousness. Lord, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus that your, your church be filled um, with your presence and with your spirit so that lives can be changed and hearts may be transformed. So we take today to lift you up as we do every day, Father, but today we lift you up in corporate worship and in prayer and in reading of your word. So we thank you for the reading and revelation of your word today. We praise you and the people of God say, amen, amen. All right, I'm going to give you a 60-second recap. Last week, we talked about um, the important things, the required and necessary foundational things that we need as we begin and, and, and start any relationship um, and again, if you're not, if you don't know, if you're, if you're a first time here or if you didn't catch the last two weeks, we're in the Song of Solomon it's a book of poetry filled with beautiful poetic uh, romance and just excitement. And so we're going to be reading from the NIV today. So if you don't have an NIV version Bible, reach right in front of you. There's a Red Pew Bible that is NIV. We're going to be reading from that. So go ahead and turn to page 669. We're going to be in 669 today. Uh, so go ahead and turn there. And last week, again, really quickly, we covered foundational things, three foundational things that are required and the Word of God revealed to us that we need for every relationship. And one was time, that we must invest time into our relationship not only with each other, but with God. And we saw that in the Song of Solomon where the bride was like, just tell me where you are. Help me to expedite finding you. We must invest time. The second thing was that we must cultivate respect. We saw this back and forth, this beautiful, poetic back and forth of how the two lovers, the king and the, the, the beloved, were just complimenting each other back and forth and cultivating respect for one another. And then finally, where we left off last week and where we're going to pick back up today is there was this um, moment in the scripture where they restrain themselves and restraint is that third foundational thing that we have to have foundationally in every relationship so let's read really quickly where we left off last week in the second chapter of the song of solomon we left off in verse seven again reading from the niv verse seven said daughters of jerusalem i charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires 
The two lovers were restraining themselves because remember in verse 6, there was this beautiful poetic scene where they were laying down together and the, the king was holding her head with his left hand and embracing her with his right and things were about to get hot and steamy and they said, no, hold on. Before we go any further, let us restrain ourselves, not defile ourselves, and keep ourselves and our relationship holy and consecrated. And it is a direct reflection of how we should, too, keep our relationship with God holy and consecrated. And so that was last week. And we're picking up again here in this moment. Now immediately when you read verse 7 of chapter 2, there seems like there is an uh, abrupt pause. The scene seems to change and something drastic happens. Let's really quickly, because we're going to come back to chapter 2, let's really quickly go to chapter 3. It's on the next side of the page. We're going to read the first three verses of chapter 3, and then we're going to get into our points today for our our sermon. Verse uh, 1 of chapter 3 says, and we'll read it together, it says, all night long on my bed I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and its squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him but I did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Let's go back to chapter 2. Let's look at verse 8 really quickly. In verse 8, it says, listen, my lover, look, there he is, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. We're going to stop right there. The first point I want to make to you today and what we're talking about today, last week we talked about three foundational things as we begin our relationships that are absolutely foundationally critical. Today I want to talk about three factors to a healthy relationship. Number one is excitement. The first thing to any healthy relationship that we glean from the Song of Solomon is excitement. Now, I want you to understand here that in this scripture, the woman, and I want to break this down, she is just had this moment, it seems, of of just intimacy, and they had to abruptly stop, and then there was a separation. There was an abrupt separation, and she was now excited in the separation. She's looking for her beloved. Now that they have been separated, they said, no, we can't do this. We must part before it gets too intense. We must keep ourselves holy and consecrated. And now she's searching again for her lover. Now watch what this woman does. This is beautiful. The poetry in this is elegant. She says in chapter 3, I was laying in my bed and I could not find him and I was looking for him and so you know what I'm going to get up and I'm going to go into the city it was nighttime guys she was laying in her bed and she says I'm gonna go out at night now first of all a woman at night is dangerous today let alone back then This woman left the security of her home and her bed, and she left the security of her home to go out into the streets. 
Now you could imagine what a woman then would have been perceived to look like having left her house in the middle of the night and began walking the streets. This woman was willing to risk her reputation and risk it all in search for the one that she loved. But she goes even further. She goes looking in the streets and in the city squares. Beloved, she's looking in the dark places and she still can't find them. And then she comes across the watchmen. She finds, rather, the watchmen find her. She didn't find the watchmen. The watchmen found her and she asked the question, have you seen the one whom my heart loves. She was excited in the separation. She was excited about trying to find and she was willing to risk it all in order to find the one that she loved. And watch this. If we go back to chapter 2, when the watchman found her and she asked the question, look what happens. If you go back to chapter 2, verse 8, she says, wait, listen. It's my lover. Do you hear him? He's coming over the hills. He's bounding over the mountains. Let me make the connection for you. I'm going to take you to a New Testament scripture. At the end of almost every gospel, we see this picture of Mary and Mary Magdalene in the dark hours of the night as morning is approaching. Mary and Mary Magdalene, and the scripture even says some other women, went in the dark of the night as the morning broke in search for the one that they loved. They risked it all in search for him. And what did they do? They came to the tomb of their dead loved one in Jesus. They went searching in a dark place. And what did they find? An angel of the Lord says, why are you looking for the living in this place of the dead? They found the watchman in the New Testament. And when they asked about the one that they loved, what did they find outside of the dark place? They found the one that they loved. They found Jesus. There was excitement in their search. There was excitement in their separation. And there was now excitement in their togetherness. Beloved, we got to get excited. We have to get excited about our relationship with Christ. We have to be willing to go out in the night, risk it all, put all of it on the line. Go into a dark place and let the watchman find us. Because we ourselves cannot find the one that we love. We have to let the watchmen of the Holy Spirit find us and lead us to our beloved Jesus. How many of you you want to find Jesus today? And so I want to transition really quickly now to my second point today. And that is that every healthy relationship, every single one, must produce life. Let me read to you some scripture again today. Let's read 11 through 13 in chapter 2. Starting in verse 11, it says, in verse 2, it says, See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. 
flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. You know, we, I think we've all experienced winter, and I, I mean literally, not figuratively, winter. And we understand winters to be cold, and they're dark, and they're harsh, especially in our area, and as you go further up north, the, the winters are brut- brutal, and there's no life. And some of you right now are actually in a winter in your relationship. Y'all know who I'm talking to. Some of you are in a season of winter and there's no life in your relationship. Your relationship seems cold and it seems dark. For that matter, your relationship with God probably feels the same way. But I want to encourage you today with this scripture. You know why this happens with us, beloved? Why are our, our, our relationships not only our relationships horizontally, but our relationship vertically, why they grow cold is because we lose the excitement and then they don't produce life. We lose the excitement of chasing and pursuing. We lose the excitement of going after the one who can actually produce life. We lose the excitement and therefore the relationship is dead. But you know what excitement does? You know what excitement in a relationship does? Is it actually produces work. Has anyone ever been excited about a particular thing and done nothing? Never. Never in your life have you ever been excited about something and sat around and done nothing. Every time you've had excitement in your life, you rose up and you began to do the work. Whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about, just think about it for a moment. You never sat around and did nothing. And the same thing applies to our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. We have to get excited so that we can get excited and then do the work so that the work can produce life. Think about it. If I'm a farmer and I'm not excited about farming, I won't go till the fields. I won't go plant the seeds. I won't do the work and therefore never bear fruit, never bring life. But listen, beloved, watch what God, the Holy Spirit, watch what Jesus is trying to reveal to us here. He says, if you pursue me in the night, if you give everything that you are to me and you go searching in the dark places, my spirit will find you and will bring you to me so that you can begin to do the work and produce life because the winter with me is over. Now spring has come, the rains have stopped, and now it is time to prune the vineyards. Listen, if if you're not producing life, there's no need to prune. You're only pruning because something is growing. And the scriptures here tell us that there is no that there's no need to worry about the cold anymore, that there's no need to worry about the winter because you have found me and I am the one who produces life and therefore winter is over. Will you just seek after me? Will you chase after me in excitement? Will you chase after your husband, your wife, 
in excitement to produce life. Now, when I say produce life in our relationship, listen, I'm not talking about procreation. You don't need Jesus to procreate, okay? I'm not talking about that. Y'all can do that without him. You really could, right? He made us for that purpose. But listen, I'm talking about producing life of spirit. I'm talking about creating beautiful fruit in your marriage that your children and your family for generations can feast off of. Those are the fruit, that's that's the life that I'm talking about we're producing in our relationships. Let's talk about number three. The third point I want to make to you today, and we're going to look at another scripture here, is that every relationship has to be committed to solving problems. That's the only way we stay healthy in our relationships. We have to be committed to solving problems. Let's look at this in scripture. Let's examine the text here. We're going to look at uh, verse 15 of chapter 2. It's a short verse. And we can miss this if we're not paying attention. It says, verse 15 of chapter 2 says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, are vineyards that are in blossom. Something's always going to go wrong in any relationship. Inevitably, even in our relationship with God, something inevitably is going to go wrong. But are you committed to dealing with the problems? Are you committed to addressing them and not letting them mount up, not allowing them to accumulate? See, has anyone ever seen a fox? Anyone ever know what a fox looks like? Amen. They're they're small creatures. They're not big. These little canines, they're, they're small, seemingly innocent. They don't really seem like they can cause much damage. My neighbor has a flock of chickens, as I do, and last year, one very small fox got into his hen house. Now, he had a flock of about 50, and this one small fox decimated nearly his entire flock. Isn't it interesting how sometimes we think that one fox or, catch this, one problem might seem insignificant and we don't address it because we think it won't cause much harm and oh, are we so wrong. My neighbor didn't think one fox sniffing around the hen house would be a big deal and he didn't take the time to properly protect his hen and fortify the hen house and one problem, one fox got in and he nearly lost it all. Beloved, we can't put ourselves in that predicament. We can't allow one small thing, one small fox to stay unaddressed in our relationships because it will destroy what we've built. And I'm not just talking about necessarily with God, and that's all good. I'm speaking into your hearts today. I'm speaking about your relationships because some of us in this room have allowed one small insignificant thing to go unaddressed, and it has begun to erode the foundation of your marriage and your very friendship. And that's exactly what we do with God. We let a problem in our life, you name it, some hardship, 
some loss, we let that erode the foundations of our relationship with God. And then what we try to do is we try to fix it alone and it makes it even worse. But watch this. I want to point this out because I think this is really important. In this scripture, the woman says, catch for us. She's talking to her lover. She's talking to the king. She says, catch for us the fox. I'm going to let y'all marinate on that for just a moment. Catch for us the fox. See, this woman had this understanding that, honey, I can't do this without you. I need you to take care of this problem. I'm going to be excited and I'm going to I'm going to uh, uh, put all of my excitement and energy into our relationship so that our relationship can produce life. But when our problems come, I've already done the work, so now it's on you. I need you. Y'all got to catch this because this is what we got to say to God. Lord, I need you to catch the fox in my relationship. Lord, I need you today to take care of this little problem, God, so it doesn't erode the foundation of my relationship with you and my relationship with my spouse my loved one, my whomever you fill in the blank. God, I need you to catch the fox. And these foxes can do so much damage. I want to read to you uh, uh, or recap for you the passage in Samson or in Judges. When, When Samson, he took hundreds of foxes and tied them together. You guys remember that scripture? And then he tied a torch between them. Now, again, these are small, seemingly insignificant animals, right? But watch what happens when you allow a small thing to run wild and run loose in your relationship. It will burn down your whole vineyard. And that's exactly what happened. And Samson, we see those foxes tied together. They put that torch, Samson put the torch in between them and let them go. And what does Scripture say? It says it burned down the vineyards, the fields of the Philistines. Don't let the fox burn down your field. Do not let the fox, the small problem, burn down what you have taken years to cultivate. And if you're new to God, don't start. Build on a solid foundation, be healthy and grow, but a small thing can destroy something beautiful. You know the old saying that there's a the small crack in a dam will take down the whole thing. Something small and seemingly insignificant. So today, as we wrap up this message, and I told you it wouldn't be long, but I I wanted to speak to you on excitement. I wanted to speak to you on your relationships producing life. And I wanted to speak to you about solving problems. As we examine this, I ask you today, How are you against those standards, against those revelations of the word? How's your relationship doing? How's your relationship with him or her? How's your relationship with God doing in that context? Again, I tell you that these are not my words, but God's words that I pray are being poured into your hearts today. My message is short today because I, 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 we want to make sure that we as the elders and the deacons and leadership, we want to take some time for communion today, reflective communion. 
And I want to pray today that as you examine yourselves and your relationship against what we just talked about today, that you would come up today, you would receive communion, and you would reflect on your relationship with each other, and that you would reflect on your relationship with God. And so I challenge you with these questions. How is your relationship with him today? If it can be improved, and Lord knows we can all improve our relationships, you can start today. You do not have to leave here with your relationship with him or with each other. You don't have to leave here the same way you came in. Are you excited about coming into his house? Are you excited about being in God's inner chamber? Does that stir you up in the day? Does it wake you up at night thinking about being in the inner chamber of God? Is there life in your relationships? Or is your relationship cold? Is it lifeless? Are you like ships passing in the night? Are you seeing fruit? If you're not today, Maybe God can plant a new seed in your heart and in your relationship as you come up and receive communion today. And are you able to solve problems with him? For so often, we try to solve problems by ourselves. We try to tackle these things, and what do we do, guys? We just make them worse. Are you willing to call out to God 